Welcome to the Theology for You podcast, where we believe that a right understanding of God's Word is for your good and true worship of God. If you're just joining us, I'm Joey, and I'd love to encourage you to share this with a friend. If we've helped you to grow in your faith and understanding of God in this episode or any other episode, maybe send your friend a text or DM on Instagram all about this podcast. It would mean the world to us if you would share this with the other believers in your life, those who want to grow in their faith and understanding of God and His Word. Welcome back to our series on how to share the gospel. In the first lesson, Pastor Craig established the importance of starting a gospel presentation with defining who God is. Now, in this second lesson, John is going to help us see the importance of establishing God's authority over our lives. God's perfect rules measure all of our actions and attitudes. We are to love God perfectly and love others completely. Last week was, who is God? And this week is about life. Essentially, the question is, what is the true meaning of life? Uh, what is our true purpose? Why have we been created? What have we been designed for? What does it mean to live life to its fullest? And life, the answer is life equals God-centered living. That's the second point in the come home presentation. Life is God-centered living. Um, and so a lot of philosophies and religions and just worldview systems, one of the primary questions that we're asking is, how should we live? What should we do? What's the point? Uh, and so God has given us the point. Uh, we don't have to go searching for it. We, we find it in his word that he's revealed to us. And so life is God-centered living. Um, and when we take ourselves through and we speak about what God has called us to, one goal is we're trying to show what the abundant life that's fruitful um, and is joyful actually is what God has created us for. That's one. But number two, we're actually exposing people, showing God's high standard and the fact that they don't, we don't live up to it. If we leave talking about essentially life equals God-centered living and someone believes that they have hit that mark, then we've missed the point. Uh, we've missed the point of what what talking about uh, God-centered living is. And so... God's God-centered living in a nutshell is this: love God perfectly and love others completely. Uh, the Bible really speaks about that in a more whole way. When uh, Jesus states, "The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength," and the second commandment flows out of that: love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says that's a summary of the law and the prophets. The entire uh, picture and story of the Old Testament was pointing to Christ and Him actually fulfilling those two, love God and love others. And so Will Metzger, uh, he puts it like this in terms of unpacking uh, this life equals God-centered living, and that means to love God completely and love others perfectly. Will Metzger unpacks that with an idea, an image that is this, life is like a road. So think of life like a road, and God is the builder of that road. And we, as people on this road of life, this journey of life, we are tasked with going a forward direction. God built the road, and God put us on that road. And so if you think about anyone who have, who's ever driven, um, you can't just do whatever you want on the road. There are rules. 
Um, and if you soon break a rule, like you start texting and driving, or you're under the influence of some substance, or you're not looking, you're not paying attention to traffic rules, traffic lights, you will soon wreak havoc for your own self and also others. Um, and so thinking about life as a road, I think helps. And so in the come home presentation talks about really there's two rules of the road, two rules for our journey. And that's what we talked about in God-centered living, love God and love others. And that means love God and love others completely, not just in action, but also in attitude. And I think for us in our evangelism and sharing the gospel, I think that's important to keep in mind um, that God-centered living is not simply what happens on the outside and our actions. It certainly affects that. But we know the Bible. Uh, Jesus says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Um, and so whatever we do, whatever our motivations are, whatever we fulfill, all starts um, in the seat of our desires. And the Bible would call that the heart. Um, and so we have to keep that in mind as we're speaking uh, to friends, neighbors, coworkers about who God is, because God, like he says to David, I look at the heart. God looks really at our underlying motivations, and it's not just about what you've done, but it rather is about your underlying attitudes. And so I think some good examples to think through to yourself and also when speaking uh, to friends and neighbors, people that you want to share Christ with is really talking about different categories um, in life and really just asking the question of how do you think about these people? For example, if you have a boss, what is your, do you, in terms of action, have you always done what your boss tells you to? But in terms of attitude, have you always done what your boss has told you with a good attitude? Uh, do you actually have respect for your boss or are they just someone that you actually can't stand? Um, and maybe, maybe with your boss, your employer, maybe there's those times where you even fantasize about, man, I just wish this guy or this girl would be fired sometime, right? That's wishing something uh, malicious on someone. The Bible would call that hatred, uh, which is Jesus even equates with murder. That's something else you can talk about. Um, so your boss, uh, parents, your children, what is your attitude, not only in action, but your attitude um, in your heart toward your children? Um, are they uh, children to be cherished and loved and brought up to know who God is? Uh, you care about them? Or at times... Um, are they basically uh, burdens, little burdens in your life? And it's easy uh, in our culture to view children that way. So asking uh, someone who's a parent, like, how have you done with raising your kids? Have you missed the mark? Um, and then flip the coin. You might be an employer. Uh, you're obviously someone's child. Where has your attitude been toward those people? Um, so just asking about those basic categories of life, and there are a lot of others, uh, but I think that gets people thinking. It definitely gets me thinking about my attitude, and really any honest person will have to say, absolutely not. I've not loved these people completely, um, and that's, that's what we're trying to get to. In some way, when it talks about, when we're talking about God-centered li living, Todd Friel uh, one of the leaders of Wretched Radio, he would say we're opening up the law. Essentially, we're exposing people to the reality that God's standard is infinitely high 
and that we infinitely missed that mark. And so the more we talk about heart motivations, uh, I think the more people will see that. And one last thing about these, these realities, the fact that God-centered living means loving God perfectly and love, loving others completely is God's rules must be perfectly kept. The Bible says that if we've broken one commandment, we've broken all of them. The reason for that is because whenever I break any part of God's law, it's revealing that I don't love God. That's why one equals breaking all of it. Um, it's because we've sinned against God himself. Um, and so we need to realize that God is holy and he's perfect um, and that his standard is that way. Now, he's not just calling us to see ourselves as, oh, you did an okay job. You you did it 85% there. Um, God's not calling us to that. And even in that case, we're way overestimating what we've done because of our sinful nature, what we learned about earlier about motivations and attitude. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to do is just read a passage from Scripture with you that I think highlights Jesus uh, exposing us to this reality of um, God-centered living and the fact that we do not live by that. And even when we think we're living by that, we're overestimating ourselves. And that's in Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to read this. It's, it's about the rich young ruler, if you're uh, familiar with this text. And uh, Jesus shows us important principles when we're thinking about these ideas. So Mark 10, 20, 17 through 27. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, that is Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. We'll actually stop there. So, uh, Jesus uh, comes across a young man who was of great means, of great wealth, and he asks a really seemingly very important question. Uh, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus, uh, saying, why do you call me good? Uh, no one is good except God alone. Jesus is not denying his divinity, because later in this passage, at the end, Jesus says, follow me. Uh, but what he's doing is he's turning the question back on this young ruler to say, basically to say, have you really considered the implications of calling me good teacher? And then Jesus, um, he shows him the implications of what that would mean. So apparently this young ruler is ticking and checking a lot of boxes. Uh, he's not committed adultery, apparently. He's not stolen. He's not murdered. He's not borne false witness. All these things. And so Jesus just asked asks one more thing of him. He says, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. 
And notice in verse 21, we're speaking about love of God and others today. It says, Jesus looking at him loved him. Jesus loved him and then spoke something we would say that's a little harsh perhaps. Jesus said something that was not going to sit well. And so love does not always mean telling people what they want to hear at all. Uh, So Jesus in this case proves that. But Jesus says, one thing you lack and one thing only, sell all you have and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. So what Jesus is doing here is he is exposing the true idol or the true God of this young man. Um, And what we can see here is the one thing that he's not willing to give up is his treasure, his wealth. It's the one thing that he was going to keep no matter what. And what does that reveal? It reveals that functionally speaking, God to this man was his money, was his means, right? And so even all those things he had been doing, uh, not murdering, not committing adultery, not stealing, those weren't enough. And those really, from what Jesus exposes, were not for the love, the true love of God, but were actually probably for self-protection, maybe self-righteousness perhaps. Um, Even if there were some good motives in there, Jesus obviously exposes you don't love and worship the true God. Come follow me. Uh, The man wasn't willing. And so I think Jesus gives us this principle of really getting to the heart of, ultimately, what are you really all about? Um, It's not just in action have you checked these boxes, but your underlying heart motivations, where your time is going, in this case, and in many cases where your money is going, that's really going to expose what or who you worship. Um, So that's a good example uh, to keep in mind. Really thankful that you guys got to tune in here. Um, That is point two of the Tell the Truth Come Home presentation. Uh, What is God-centered living? It is uh, loving God perfectly and loving others completely. And next week, we'll talk about really what exposing this truth and this law does. It exposes our sin. We'll talk more in depth about that next week. If you want to go deeper in your understanding of God and His Word, I want to encourage you to check out our resources at theologyforyou.com. That's theology, F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. I want to thank you if you have rated or reviewed this podcast on Apple iTunes. It's a way to help get this podcast in front of other people who want to grow in their faith and deepen their relationship with God. So thank you for helping other people grow in their faith by rating or reviewing this podcast. Thank you for joining us in this second lesson of our series on how to share the gospel. Again, if you want to get the most out of this series, I'd like to encourage you to share this with someone you know, that you can go through this series together and practice these principles with one another. Together, let's make God's name famous.